0: What's going on, everybody? Year 2, episode 13 of Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Dorth. He's Patrick Bremming got a lot to talk about today. Going back to the older format a little bit. Going to talk Alabama football, then move into the national stage. Alabama starting their sort of gauntlet, as Patrick and I have called it. Plus, the national stage really heating up. Time to start thinking about playoff picks. Time to start thinking about the Heisman. Time to start thinking about a lot of this stuff. We're going to cover it all tonight. This is Pat's Interference.
1: Well, hey there, football fans. You're listening to another Pat's Interference. We've got a wonderful episode planned for you. A two-parter this week. Uh, because we're well we're busy this week so we're gonna do you know how we've been cutting up the podcast Alabama National we're gonna squeeze them together like old times reminisce I'm Patrick Brickman he's Patrick Norwood how you doing buddy
0: I'm doing great man I'm doing great it's uh it's been a busy week for both of us it's been really really busy I was worried I was a little worried we wouldn't be able to podcast a lot well, of the times got, a lot I've of the times the this the is day, a highlight so of my week here. yeah yeah that's good it, but I, I do want to because i feel like i know people probably think we're flawless when they listen to this podcast Naturally. so i i, I do want to bring out a heroic flaw which is the uh the invention of the time zone because uh, <laughs> i i told you i wanted to do this at 10 30 so and I was uh like,
1: yeah let's do it at ten thirty. yeah
0: you are on central time though
1: it's 2 30 right now
0: it is you were on the nose 10 30 and if anything i'm an hour late because I'm horrible at planning things, but this is Pat's interference. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Like he said, we're gonna do this all one big happy episode. Brick, let's get right into it, man. Bama beats Kentucky, 34 to six. No real surprises there. I did not, not
1: see that coming.
0: Not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those- Boy, color me, color me shocked. <laughs> those
0: those boys didn't know it had them. No, it was a uh, it was a good game. I think. You and I talked last week about what Alabama needed to do. Kind of got off to a slow start, but really settled into a groove
1: as usual, as, um, know, as is tradition. As
0: is tradition. As is tradition. Uh, but you know, really settled into a good groove. Thirty-four to six. Um, and
1: there goes Alabama sprinkling Captain Crunch on the ground, <laughs> as is tradition. It was a beautiful day for Alabama, and
0: therefore the world. <laughs> the world uh, you said the world needs to know that Kentucky led three nothing. Led three nothing for a while. Not a uh not the a world cons- does
1: need to know that because um because we have a, uh ooh, you know, we got the presidential election, there's clowns terrorizing everybody. I mean, the world needs to know that at least at one point Kentucky led this football there game was, three to nothing. There was about five minutes. There,
0: yeah, and not not it was long enough for me to notice in between uh in between halves at work that something had gone a tad awry. But uh, but it all settled in. Joshua Jacobs, uh, really playing well, uh, proving his role as I've started calling him Mark Ingram reincarnate. Sixteen carries, a hundred yards, and one I'm not TD. Bored with that now. He
1: really, really has.
0: A he looks like style him. To him. He and he dresses like him. That's a thing. If you just he, change the number, you wouldn't even you realize it's a different person.
1: Him, he'd be. It'd be. It'd be creepy.
0: The towels the same. The helmet style is the exact same. They both use that. uh, Oh uh, the the uh, Revo, I think it's a two two five zero model from Riddle. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's the same exact thing. Um, so you know, really really good performance from Joshua Jacobs. Uh,
1: uh, one, you remember that drive? Uh, I think it was in the first half where we handed it off to him about, I think it was six times in a row, and he popped it off, popped it off, popped it I'm off. I'm glad touchdown. you
0: bring that up because it reminded me of the drive against. Uh, it was in 2009, Alabama's undefeated season. Do you South remember? Carolina. In, Exactly. I knew which the, one you were going to say. The Wildcat, like, what was it, 12 times in a row for 98 yards and a touchdown? I mean, it was something ridiculous. That's it wasn't 98 drive that, yards. That's the that nearly
1: but... won Ingram. I mean, Ingram did win the Heisman. That w- that had a big part to do with it, too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, because that sealed the game. Um, you know, I, I think Joshua Jacobs is a great running back. I'm not sure if he's really, you know, he's. I don't think he's obviously eclipsed uh, Damian Harris, but I definitely think he's eclipsed Bo Scarborough.
1: Oh, that's that's what. Yeah, he's he's much closer to Damian Harris right now in that pecking order than he is to Scarborough, who who got a good bit of work in the game, but sure. Uh, also, sure. at the same time, Scarborough decided that he wanted to run into J- Jalen Hurts' arm and knock the ball out. If not, he's not fumbling, he's making other dudes fumble.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but I, I I had similar critiques of Eddie Lacy when he was there for my entire freshman year. We used to call Eddie Lacy fumbles, so. Oh. There's that. But that's an adorable name.
1: It is. I would name it, like, a gerbil Fumbles.
0: Yeah. Oh, I yes. kind of want to get you a gerbil name Fumbles now. Okay. Jalen Hurts, 20 for 33 for 262 yards and a touchdown. Brick, can you go ahead and tell me why the heck we're throwing the ball 33 times in a game?
1: Um, Because... Is it is it Kentucky, just for practice? Yeah, Kentucky's kind of. I hate to throw an SEC team under the bus. You know, somebody that counts against our conference record. But Kentucky's still a tune-up before um, Tennessee, Arkansas, A and M, and one of those three teams is going to force Hertz to throw the ball by stacking the box. So we got to get him as many reps as possible, especially now that our backup is gone, which we're going to talk about later.
0: Sure. Uh, ugh. Yeah. I. We got to. I've got a couple of. I've got a couple of bones to pick during this podcast. It, <laughs> That's if, good. Yeah, we do. If you're not a fan of Patrick Norwood going off during Pat's interference, you might as well just go ahead and close down your laptop. We've already got uh, your
1: download, so it doesn't oh, matter.
0: Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. All right, it's going Back, back to the
1: happiness. Back to the good feelings. Sure. Uh, a lot of chemistry in this game starting to develop, I think, with Calvin Ridley and Jalen Hurts as that Ooh. second half went on. He kept looking for him.
0: Ridley, 11 receptions for 174 yards and two touchdowns. Patrick, how is it possible that Calvin Ridley is having an an under-the-radar season after the season he had last year? Is this not back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks of over 100 yards receiving for Calvin is it, Ridley? Is it
1: really?
0: I, I think it is. I think, well, maybe Kent State, I think maybe Kent State, he was a little bit shy. He may have been like 20 yards shy. Mm. Maybe but.
1: because the the nation was uh, was lifting him up as a true sophomore as the next Amari Cooper, which he still might turn into. But then again, he's a true sophomore, and R- maybe people were expecting the uh, the insane two hundred yard receiving games that Cooper kept coming out of the gate with. But
0: well, no. not his sophomore season. You remember Cooper's yeah. sophomore season? Yeah, Cooper was had hurt his hamstring,
1: and he uh, he you know kind of had a sophomore slump.
0: Uh. You know Alabama's defense continuing to impress. Tim Williams coming in for the second half sounds like everything's kind of getting swept under the rug, for lack of a better term. Uh, blown
1: over, it, and that's what happens during the regular season, honestly.
0: Sure, and, and it's not just Alabama. I'm so sick of people saying, "Oh, well, that's just Coach Saban." Yeah, Les Miles let uh, let uh, oh, what was his name? Number nine, Jeffries. First name, please help me. Please You're help thinking me.
1: Thinking of um, Jarrett.
0: Jarrett. What did I say?
1: I, or Jordan Jefferson.
0: Jordan Jefferson. There we go. Sorry, we got there together. That yeah. was weird. Why could we not remember? Anyway, Jordan Jefferson curb stomped a Marine and played the next week.
1: Hey, so, you, know, you know, it's the middle of the season. People standout, aren't talking about it this much. Standout
0: performances from the Alabama game this past week.
1: I'm going to Sean Hand, baby. He I like was, it. I like he You know, he hadn't started. People want to call him a bust for whatever reason. He's just I don't He's coming up in the depth chart now, and when they had him in, I think he was in the backfield every time.
0: I don't get that. Can you explain that to me? Like, why is it that any time an Alabama player – how many five stars do we – isn't the 80% of the team five stars at this point? How is it still the fact like, oh, well, he's underwhelming, well, he's not that good. He would start on your team. Why are you complaining about him? You know? He
1: would. And he'll start at some point. He's still young and he was awesome in this game. I'm telling you. I was super I was I enjoyed watching number 9 run around in that Kentucky backfield.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was too. I was too. For me, uh, Rashad Evans, five tackles, uh one sack and one QB hurry, and then my other guy is Jerron Jacobs who Did, already was, was it
1: time. Evans that had the strip too that Harrison scored on?
0: I believe so. Yeah, that I was believe awesome. him. That I believe fantastic. that was him. Um, so I, I, you know, it's I, hard I, to
1: not spend. Too, you know, we we want to like. There's just not much to say about the defense other than they've been awesome this season, and they, I'd love to spend more time on them. But look that's at who, that's I mean, the story.
0: Look at who they've played, though.
1: Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I, I will I will I will be
0: critical of Alabama as much as any other team because you know that's always my big argument with you when you bring up other teams is who have they played. Alabama's starting to fall into that right now. Old Miss is a great team. Who else have they played? It's just that's something to question. bring up.
1: Yeah,
0: but I, I think that starts changing next week, and that's a good transition. Arkansas begins what you and I have called or, or have coined the term the gauntlet. The gauntlet. Uh, the gauntlet begins next week. Always a tough game playing Arkansas. Really, usually every every year, this is about the time where we really start to see what type of team Alabama is. Saw it You're a little right. bit last season, saw it the season before that. I think we're gonna see it again this season. Patrick, what's a key for Alabama to win this game?
1: Uh, you know how Arkansas is. They're they're a they are a one of the few teams that has to a T that's still the old hard nosed run the most you know, that whole that blueprint, um, the Belama blueprint that Alabama used to have before Lane Kiffin came along. But anyway, so I think Alabama's got to dominate the trenches in this one. Uh, the defensive line has got to really get after um, Ole Miss's offense. Sorry, Arkansas's offensive line and then vice versa. Our, our offensive line is going to have to play. Uh, I'm not saying they have to play lights out to win, but I want to see improvements that we've seen since Ole Miss. The same improvements I each agree. week. I want to see that continue and not take a step back.
0: I agree. I think I think for Alabama, it's got you've you've got to control the ground game, um, and that's not just an on the offensive side of the ball. And it's kind of what you're saying about control the trenches. It's it's similar, but Arkansas has a very balanced offense. It's very pass, pass, run, 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 pass. I mean, it's it's a predictable pattern, but you've just got to stand back and stop it. Uh, and if you guess wrong, they're gonna burn you.
1: Arkansas doesn't have the greatest defense or defensive line, so if they want to... Arkansas's best-case scenario is if Lane Kiffin comes out and decides he wants to sling the ball around because then they I can agree. start maybe forcing some turnovers, and I think that's how they could win this game is if Lane Kiffin comes out wants to be fancy, you know how he likes to do because he's Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, you know? If he tries to do all that and they can tip a ball in the air, get an interception or something... That's when this will be a fourteen thirteen finish like it was two years ago. Something I agree. like that. You yeah,
0: know? for sure. For sure. And Landon I like Collins
1: with the game winning pick.
0: I think Arkansas really has to limit their mistakes on offense as well. I think the more you let this Alabama defense sort of get in your head, get in your backfield, you're in a lot of trouble. I expect to see a lot of quarterback or excuse me, running back draws out the middle. I expect to see a lot of bubble screens from Arkansas. Uh, and I don't think that's gonna go. Too well for them, Patrick. Name some players to watch for this game on the Alabama side.
1: I want to see Hertz and Ridley. Uh, even though I just talked about running the ball, I do want to see them continue to develop some chemistry. Because uh, I mean, we're talking about two, three more years of that one-two punch, and to see it three, four games into Hertz's career, it's really good to see them clicking, and I want to see it continue. I'm I'm going to love seeing number th- two throw to number three.
0: Ooh. I would I would love to see uh, the tandem of Damian Harris. And Jaron Jacobs really Joshua start taking Jacobs. off. Joshua yeah. Jacobs. I'm sorry, that's my mistake. We'll get uh, there. I, I he's new. I think uh, I think that that tandem could really take off. It all depends on how injured Damian Harris is. Uh, yeah, I
1: haven't heard much from that so far. I, I know. And that's Saban usually. Had his press conference and updated, but I haven't heard too much about how much he'll play.
0: That's usually a good thing when you don't hear very much. However, I am a little skeptical sometimes just because of the season before 2010 when both uh, Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram got hurt about a week apart from each other. And then we
1: had to throw in some scrub.
0: Some scrubbed name to Eddie something. Eddie Jackson. Uh, Um, Here's a question (laughs) for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) One second, one second. Can we just both close our eyes and picture Eddie Jackson playing running back?
1: That would be fun for about a series.
0: That would be hilarious. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Uh, uh,
1: here's a, a betting line for you. Does um, Alabama's defense score a touchdown in this game? I mean, you're if you bet against it, you're going against four-fifths what's happened this season.
0: I, I'm going to go ahead and bet against it.
1: I'm going to say they do.
0: I, I will say that they cause a turnover. I, I will not say that they score off of it.
1: We do that, though. That's us. That's us. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's hard to bet for a defensive score, but since you're saying they won't, I'm saying they will. So the next week uh, we can point fingers at each other.
0: That sounds good. We're good at that. Uh, <laughs> what is your score prediction from this game on Saturday?
1: I got Alabama winning pretty easily, to be honest, um, because I think we play similar styles, and uh, and we just do what we do best. I have got Alabama winning
0: 38-13. I'm going to go 42-21 here. I think Alabama's offense really gets rolling early. Uh Arkansas comes in, scores a touchdown late uh, to make the score look a little more respectable, but not that much. I'm going 42-21 in favor of Alabama. Other Bama news as we start to wrap up this end of the podcast, moving in to our 15th minute. Blake Barnett decides to transfer Do you want me to tee off on him first, or do you want to?
1: I think we both are. Uh, Unfortunately, we did our Alabama podcast a day early last week, because the very next day is when Barnett decided that he was going to dip out, as I'll say, but no, I'll let you go first.
0: I'm I'm someone who's very big on not quitting on your team. If you start something, you finish it. I don't mind if Blake Barnett decides to transfer after the season. In fact, I probably would encourage it, because I don't think that it's very smart – for you to look up, see a true freshman is starting over you, see there's other guys coming in that are probably also going to start over you that also fit better with the offense, and you decide to stay. I don't think it's a smart choice. However, when you leave four games into the season, you are not only telling your coaching staff that you don't care enough to stick it out with them, you're also telling your teammates that even though you guys went through two-a-days, in the humid 112 Tuscaloosa Heat together, that you were together during the loss last year, during the rebound last year, during the national championship run last year, that you decided that none of that matters enough for you to stick it out the rest of the season and be with your guys. You would rather go either A, sit by yourself with no school or B, transfer to another program where you've got to sit out for a year and then start playing football. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm someone who believes that if you if you start something you finish it. Uh there, there were some people who were saying that they weren't surprised that he was transferring. I'm not saying I was surprised he was transferring. I'm surprised he was transferring now. Yeah,
1: the timing of it. The timing of it is very way
0: disappointed. Off. Very disappointed.
1: Well I'm with you, because the backup quarterback on a on a national title contending team is or any team. Is a, is a really important job, uh, not, one, just, not just from standing on the sidelines, but from being engaged, watching the other team. If your number gets called, you've been watching them from a different spot than the other quarterback, than your starting quarterback has the whole game. And, and
0: you're and one broken finger away from becoming the starter on the number one team in the nation.
1: That's, and that's exactly the point. You were one play away. I mean, think of Deshaun Kaiser, and where, you know, he would be a had he transferred. Or think of JT Barrett and Cardale Jones players like that i mean it happens all the time to- look at tom brady i mean not that he was in the nfl but still i mean he you know was a rookie uh drew Bledsoe gets injured tom brady comes in and it's been scorched earth for the last 20 years my goodness look it's-
0: at Pey- look at peyton manning and todd helton todd helton loses his job because he gets i think he got like a stomach flu one weekend peyton manning comes in becomes the starter todd helton and goes and plays a hall of fame career with the colorado rockies
1: yeah, so Barnett could be in the MLB, jack and home runs the rest of his career had he not left right now. <laughs>
0: not no, but, exactly my point, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. It's just, uh, I get why he, you know, and, and there's talk about the loophole. You know, the loophole that everybody's talking about where, but Greg McElroy, who I think is becoming one of the best color guys there is right now i, I adore what listening to him not just because he's a former alabama quarterback but he's a really I, good color guy. i will
0: say this i enjoy his color i cannot stand his analysis he picked uh baker mayfield to win the heisman and picked notre dame to win the national championship this year ah,
1: he'll get there you know i I'd, I'd like to go back but and listen to I, agree with, I, I agree with i
0: agree with you his color analysis during the game is fantastic
1: it's good And he he brought up the point that goes, okay, okay, so he leaves now, he's found the loophole that means he can start playing in week six of next season. But who's going to yank out their starter for Blake Barnett week six, 2017? Who's going to yank out their starter five games into the season? You don't, does he think that he's just going to go to LSU and whoever they have starting is going to yank for Barnett? Or wherever he thinks he's, he's I, I think, be able to
0: go. I think he better hope he doesn't go anywhere inside the SEC where Alabama is playing within the next few seasons.
1: Oh man, I'd love to I'd love to watch uh who who will be there in two years. I'd like to watch Ben Davis coming at him. Matt yeah. Wilson.
0: Yep. Sean Dion Hamilton. That'll be fun. Cause he I, did.
1: And I I'm I'm with you. I was really really mad when i saw that he had left because i thought it was sour grapes i saw the loophole i got a little bit less angry but i am still i'm rubbed the wrong way it it reeks of entitlement to me that he yes. that he would just you know he didn't get his way and he's gone
0: which is confusing because usually entitlement is something that produces great alabama quarterbacks <laughs> if we're being honest and i'm not i'm not saying that to be mean but you look at guys with the names of Joe Namath and AJ McCarron who I don't really think of anyone else I mean maybe Ken Stabler you can argue is maybe not better but more successful I don't think there's two more successful quarterbacks in Alabama's history both of those guys were incredibly entitled
1: hey well you know Barnett he's he's his stereotype from a lot of fans was that he was the uh he was the the cocky California kid thinking he was going to come in and run the Alabama cuz you know he was the greatest Alabama recruit we've gotten since 2000, but
0: you know I'm not I'm not buying it. Let's let's move on to something happy. Tell me about this this new kid, this this Dylan Moses fella.
1: This was I know you don't keep up with recruiting as much as I do, but it's he. So basically, I,
0: I, here's how big this kid is. I knew the name.
1: Well, that's good. If you know the name, and I don't I don't
0: really look at recruits. I I know about the top ten recruits in the country, and that's about it.
1: Well, Dylan Moses is the number one inside linebacker. A couple weeks ago, he's the number two, two four seven player in the country. They've changed the ranking, so he's number four, which doesn't look as sexy. But, no, I'm kidding. Um, he was – we've been recruiting him since eighth grade. So was LSU. He's, he's been a prodigy since eighth grade. I mean, he people thought he was going to be the number one recruit in eighth grade. He's now just the number four. Um, he's from Baton Rouge. At one point, he was committed to LSU until, I think, last summer he decommitted. Um Anyway, he's expected to enroll early, and all of a sudden, after he visited this weekend, he shuts down his recruitment. He puts up an Instagram post saying, I'm going to Alabama, I'm shutting down my recruitment, canceling the rest of my visits, I want to get this process done, I want to focus on the next level. So we are getting yet another amazing linebacker, he honestly could play running back too, he's at IMG and he plays running back at IMG too, but most people project him as an inside linebacker. It's just big because we've got Najee Harris, and to get another guy of this caliber, this Najee Harris caliber, really, it's just when you get guys like this that want to enroll early, it gets the ball rolling through the, especially midseason, through the rest of the season, you know, guys want to team up with Dylan Moses. You know, other linebackers are going to want to jump on board. Corners are going to want to jump on board. People are already wanting to jump on board, waiting for Najee Harris to say that he's going to Alabama, and he's not backing off.
0: You know? I'm I'm skeptical because, I mean, he's he's a kid. He's a kid. He's a kid. So opinions can change, but if he sticks with it, I will be very, very happy and very impressed.
1: The Les Miles firing had a lot to do with it. I mean, that's the coach he had the relationship. And now sure. his relationships are with the Alabama coaches and Nick Saban. Okay, you
0: know? we are 22 and a half minutes into this episode. It's not bad. We are already done with the Alabama section of this episode.
1: Well, we played Kentucky. We had to kind of fly through it.
0: Let's move on to the national side. Are you good?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I uh, Roll Tide.
0: Roll Tide. Let's move on to the national stuff. Last week's games, let's get right into it. Oklahoma State beats Texas 49-31. Patrick, spend 10 seconds on this.
1: Oh, uh, We jumped the gun on uh, Longhorn Nation. We both wanted to say they were back, but they're not.
0: Okay, I'm going to spend a minute on Florida versus Vanderbilt. Florida, coming in hot with a 13-9 win. I listened to a <laughs> podcast Last week, the full cast shut down on SB Nation, and two of the three hosts of that podcast are Florida graduates, and they all admitted that it would be the most Florida thing ever to barely squeak by Vanderbilt, to move on, to move on, have Georgia and Tennessee both completely lose control, have Florida gain control back in the SEC East. However, they lose to get this. Will Muschamp in Columbia... And that's not even the best part. They also said <laughs> that it would be the most Florida thing to ever have happen if the final score was 10 to 9. And <laughs> the I, for, is the for, part of for some reason, that is just the greatest part of it because you could totally see that happen. Florida kicks a 52, 48, and 36 yard field goal, loses 10 to 9 after a field goal was kicked in the first quarter and a touchdown was scored with two minutes left in the fourth quarter by South Carolina and Will Muschamp. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So it was even more hilarious when Florida <laughs> barely squeaked by Vanderbilt 13-9. to 9. And you and I had a good laugh over that one. Move on to Tennessee and Georgia. Let's spend a couple I, minutes on this.
1: I don't even – I don't – Tennessee on paper throttled Georgia in this game. On paper, they throttled them.
0: Sure, but games are not then, won on paper. Play, my yeah,
1: pl- games aren't won on paper. Games are apparently won in last second heroics every single week for Tennessee. They're the new Auburn. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock and you didn't see how this game ends, hot take. Sort- <laughs> Georgia scores with 11 seconds left on a hail mary, essentially a hail mary, and then Tennessee gets the ball at some reason the 45 yard line because Georgia, you know, just took took gives, off their helmets. Gives them the ball on the 45 yard line. All Josh Dobbs has to do is throw at half his normal distance, and boom, and Tennessee wins. And Butch Jones cries, and every hey. Tennessee fan I've ever seen has shared uh celine dion here for tennessee
0: butch jones crying crying toad on the field i just i just uh, this is I, every year tennessee starts doing well and i'm like man why do i hate tennessee so much and then they win and their fans are ruthless
1: you think they're back now
0: ruthless to the opposing team and it's like good god how do you hate everyone they hate everyone, and I just don't get it. Maybe they hate everyone because they know they're worse than everyone else. Let's move on. Please, God, say, let's move let me, on from Tennessee. I will Tennessee. say this
1: about Tennessee. The diff- I, I think uh, this is a little bit of actual analysis and not making fun of them. I think Tennessee is exactly as good this year as they were last year. The, only, the, di- the difference is um, there's a, they have a winning gene. They're winning the close games this year, which goes a long way, I suppose. We'll see. Well, they got a tough game that we'll talk about in a minute.
0: UNC Florida State 37-35. UNC kicks the last second field goal.
1: You were there. 4-yarder. I was there, baby. Oh, it was amazing. You know, and I you know I'm a halfway FSU fan, right? But Halfway. Yeah. Oh, it was it was cool watching DeAndre Francois score the lat what I thought was going to be the game winner. And then it was even cooler watching that kicker uh, I forget his name, but um, coming down the field. I'll tell you the story so I, I get the field goal I'm This is a right great story. Upright. This
0: is such a great story.
1: <laughs> I'm standing right. If you go and you look at the you know, footage, you'll see me as the field goal goes in. I'm wearing a blue shirt. I'm standing under the camera. Field goal comes in. I get that on camera. Clock hits zero which if you know, that's when all the media just bombard the field. You're sure. free to go when the clock hits zero. So I go, I'm in the end zone. I notice the kicker coming down doing the, uh Doing, doing the big balls tomahawk chop, 45 yard sprint down the field. So I'm getting that on camera, and I'm locked in on them. And then I move the camera from my face, and all of a sudden, about 90 players, just a sea of white and Carolina blue, are coming right at me. I mean, like bumping into me with the camera. I'm dodging people, and then I get them lifting the, play, the kicker off the field. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. That's that's like fantastic. I don't like watching FSU lose, but that was pretty fun.
0: That's fantastic. I uh, yeah. Think, I was uh, I was gl- I was glad you had to go to that and I, how I you think, think the rest
1: of the night was for that kicker.
0: I bet it was one big party and I doubt he remembers very much of it, Brick. Uh <laughs> but you know what, I I'm excited for you. I think I think it's great for your uh for your station and for yourself that you're getting to go to those games and broadcast that thing because I, I think I think that's awesome. And I know your viewers really appreciate that. And I know I sure as heck do. Let's move on to Wisconsin and Michigan. Michigan, uh, really one of the more boring games this weekend. Michigan pulling it out.
1: I'm going to be honest. This is the only game that we've talked about that I didn't watch a single second
0: of. Michigan, well, one of the uh, the SIDs at work, shout out Joe Arancio, uh, is a huge Michigan fan. Worked there uh, for a little bit. So we had the game on in the media suite. Uh, One of the best picks I've ever seen was during that game. I got to see it live. That was great. I got to see that and the Tennessee Hail Mary live. Uh, The INT was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. Um, Great pick. Absolutely great pick. One-handed, diving backwards incredibly athletic incredibly athletic one uh one off-season episode this year that i want to do is how uh athletes have changed uh just the dynamic uh force at which they've changed and how great they are at playing football and playing all sports honestly uh and i think that's pl- that's one play where you can go back 20 years and that play doesn't get made not by deon sanders not by anybody i just don't think it gets made uh, so that was a great pick. Michigan's really starting to flex their muscles now in the Big Ten. You look at the rest of their schedule, there's really not a lot left except that, ooh, there's that big one, Michigan-Ohio State. We're going to have to wait and see how ooh, that one is. Boy. Feel kind of gonna... bad Feel kind of bad for Wisconsin. Not really a lot of hope for climbing back into this now. Uh, they've had a great season up to this point. I really hope that this doesn't force them to throw in the towel and really hope that they can keep going. Uh, it, I will, it was, let me – connects
1: with this michigan ohio state game just before i forget just gonna throw it out there that will be the most watched game of the season until the national championship in the playoff it
0: it depends it depends on whether or not purdue plays uh the darling upset role that i'm praying for this year but you know i oh I,
1: you gotta think about middle tennessee state too they got a couple true, big games coming up
0: true true blue the raiders. blue raiders is That's that cool. your sweetheart this year
1: That's that's my yeah. I don't know anything about that team.
0: That's uh, see, like every year, you and I pick a couple sweethearts, and then you kind of messed us up this year because you were like, "Oh, I'm going to pick Washington," and now Washington's actually good. That's not the point of the game, Brick. The point (laughs) of the game is that they're supposed to be terrible, and we root for them because they're bad. That's why I I, picked Purdue. That and their mascot is absolutely terrifying. I'm afraid he's going to come murder me in my sleep.
1: I know it's farther down the list, but since they're there, let's transition into that Washington game. Shortly. Surely. Beatdown they put on one of my playoff picks.
0: One of our playoff picks, and you put made us, into, Made us look horrible doing it.
1: Ugh Yuck.
0: Real bad. Real bad. Uh yeah. Wolf. Um uh, McCaffrey really I, I think spiraling as a Heisman candidate. Bottled I don't... up.
1: He wasn't he wasn't stopped, but he was bottled up, which is what you do to a guy like McCaffrey. What is props to that defense.
0: What is more embarrassing? Fournette against Alabama, twenty fifteen. McCaffrey against Washington, twenty sixteen.
1: Oh, Fournette, Fournette. I mean, I mean, McCaffrey. What, what what were his numbers? I'm gonna look him up while you talk about it.
0: I I just I don't think that I mean I remember this time last year everyone had already given Fournette the Heisman. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I and now McCaffrey. I mean, he's he's in the conversation. He or I should excuse me. I should say he was in the conversation, yeah. but uh, he was not exactly um, leading it. You know, he wasn't the guy that everybody was saying, Oh well he's definitely the leader, he's definitely gonna win. So uh, you know, I, I think there's that. But I yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think that uh I think that Fournette was more um I mean
1: interesting. nineteen carries, thirty one yards. McCaffrey twelve carries, forty nine yards, five catches, thirty yards. He had some okay returns, but he was bottled up, you know? He yeah. had he had a, he had nearly two hundred yards in kick returns, he had a sixty yard return. It's what he does, but you didn't let him, he didn't, you didn't let him score on you, which is huge, and, and, uh, yeah, he was bottled up. He's, he's safely out of the Heisman discussion for now. Safely. Hey, let's, yeah, I forgot, this is the week we kind of start talking about that, but we'll get into that in a minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead.
1: Well, we still got to talk about Louisville-Clemson, I don't, I don't think we can talk about Heisman until we, after we've talked about that game.
0: Okay, that's a good point, that's a good point. Uh... Louisville played a heck of a game. Uh, Lamar Jackson played a wonderful game and is not out of the Heisman uh, race and I think still leads it, if I'm being honest. I only want to down. focus on one play, and that's the wide receiver that runs out of bounds. I I don't understand it. I, I've watched the play a hundred times thinking, well, maybe he thought he had the first down. How could you not know? How could you, you not sure. know you you're short?
1: You have sh- to cut it back inside. You've got. How take could all
0: you, all you not to. know you're short? If you cut it back inside and you get tackled – Everybody on the sideline is saying, "Hey man, that's all right, you tried." He didn't I, and I'm not saying he didn't try. I'm not saying that it was a lack of effort. I'm just saying it wasn't smart football. Yeah, it was it wasn't. just dumb football. It was a bonehead play. And I feel bad for Lamar Jackson because if that knocks him if they lose another game, there's no way he's winning the Heisman. I don't care how good he plays. If they lose another game, he's not going to win the Heisman.
1: Yeah, they they really need to be a playoff contender like top they Oof. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird in that ACC but it's it's harder for somebody to win because he's not going to pull the upsets that Robert Griffin pulled to win the Heisman the Robert right. Griffin was never going to go to the national championship no but he he kept really the big thing he did was keep Oklahoma who remember Oklahoma going that season the hype they had yeah the big thing he he did was keep that Landry Jones Oklahoma team from going to the national championship
0: right. Lamar right. Jackson
1: needs to be going to the playoffs because it's no longer an upset when he beat them. They're supposed to win now, right? So I, I'm with you. He can't lose another.
0: I, he absolutely can. He absolutely cannot. Um, Let's I, forget
1: this game. I'm getting rid of this now because we're on a groove now. So I think that
0: one. I think I think Deshaun Watson is a guy that uh, is a guy that also still is really in the Heisman race. I'm sorry, absolutely. But no, I don't is. know how you can take him out. You um can't.
1: Because they they still might be a play. I think the the pl- a playoff team is going to have the Heisman, you know. I somebody in the playoff is going to win this Heisman. That's
0: that's the way that college football is, and in my opinion, college football should be. You know, I yeah. you you give the Heisman to the guys that are leading their teams to the playoffs. Period.
1: Now Lamar Jackson might be an outlier, and that'd be cool ish. Um, Maybe. But that was a great game. All if that game had gone two more minutes, Louisville might have still won. You know what I mean? That's how good that game was. That's how evenly matched those two teams were. I'd be interested to see what would happen if they played on a neutral field.
0: Yeah, I would too. I would too. Um, Alright, anything else you want to mention from last week before we move on?
1: I think it's hilarious that the week after uh, LSU fires Ole Miss, the very next week they score, they have a school record of offense against an SEC opponent. A school record. That is... That includes the 2011 team. A school, and I'm not saying LSU's, you know, some threat. I mean, yeah, they're a th- I, they're a threat. They're still a good team. Don't get me wrong. But like, right. I'm not saying their offense is amazing. I just find it hilarious, hilarious that um they get a record the week after Les Miles leaves. Also, Michigan State, man, I thought y'all were good. What happened? They lost to Indiana.
0: Yo, that's the Alabama effect. look at usc look at lsu last year look at michigan state last year what happened after they all lost those games i'm not 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 i'm not i'm not saying that through my crimson colored glasses either i'm saying that through pure statistics and numbers look what happened after they lost take a peek
1: take a peek I thought Michigan Uh, State was good, though, because they beat Notre Dame, and we've learned that Notre Dame's not good.
0: Notre Dame's not good, neither is Texas. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Oh, look, Texas is the next item on the list. Texas at Oklahoma.
1: Red River rivalry, baby.
0: Whatever. Who cares who wins? Tennessee at Texas A&M. Patrick, who you got in this game?
1: Oof. 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 Ugh. Ah. I'm struggling, man. I don't know. I've got
0: tre- I've got Trevor Knight running all over that Tennessee defense, who gets very very frustrated very easily.
1: I'm going I- Tennessee. Oh, I'm going Tennessee. All right, I'm going with the team of destiny until they face Alabama. I'm going with the team of destiny. All right, there's really since now that there's not a LSU uh, Florida game, there's not. The the quality of the games this weekend has dwindled. I think Miami's going to kill FSU. Like, I barely put that down. I just wanted to put that out there. That FSU's defense, I saw it in person now, is soft. Soft soft defense.
0: And Miami's offense is not.
1: No, Miami's offense. Mark Rick's got that team playing way better than I thought they would at this point of the year. But they haven't played anyone yet. So we'll see. FSU's... We've learned that they're a slightly above average team. Not good. Not Just
0: right... Right back to Texas A&M. I, yeah, go ahead. Again, I, I think the Aggies win this one. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: I didn't let you choose.
0: I'm going to take them by four. I'm going to take them by four. Um, I think Tennessee kicks a field goal with about five minutes left. Texas A&M drives down the field and wins.
1: I like it. I like it. We'll have to see who's right. Um, we've dabbled into Heisman talk. Now we'll talk a little bit more. uh We've set our list. We still think Lamar Jackson at this point number one. Um, you got to throw in Deshaun Watson's in there. you got to throw in uh, JT Barrett's at this point. Um,
0: Those are my three.
1: Greg Ward, I could say if, if if his numbers get better, if he his play improves and Houston makes a playoff as a G5 team, uh, he'd have a good case.
0: He's just um, not a good quarterback, Brick.
1: No, but – Neither Is was Andre easy, Ware. What? Well, not sorry. Not Andre Ware. But he has also. Uh, there, there have been running quarterbacks that have won it. That have won it on their legs.
0: Right. I. I just. I'm sorry, but I. I. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not bought in on Greg Ward.
1: would have a, If If that scenario comes to fruition, though, he'd have a strong case. I mean, if If Houston makes the playoff, he'd be considered. He'd probably be in New York.
0: It all depends on his numbers.
1: Um, and his play He's, needs to get a little bit better. He didn't have a great game against who they played two weeks ago. Whatever. Um,
0: exactly. Hold on. No, that's my point. That's my point. Because guess what Heisman voters look at? The nationally televised games. What they look if at Houston, November. They look what at late if,
1: October, November. What if,
0: what if Houston's nationally televised games been up to at this point, though?
1: No, but here's the point. What if Houston goes into Louisville and beats them? What if Greg Ward beats them one, one-on-one one and has better numbers? It could happen, and that's think, what I'm saying. might put him in there. It I don't could. think it will. It, I don't think it will. Don't get me wrong, but it could. it could, and he'd be sure a leader at that point.
0: I could also become the head coach of Alabama tomorrow. There's <laughs> a lot of could's in this world. I don't hey, think that Greg Ward winning the you Heisman not is one sleep of
1: sleep on Houston, baby.
0: You can't sleep on Norwood becoming the head coach at uh, at Alabama either. Florida State, Miami. You've touched on it a little bit. I want to as well. I think Miami's sure. going to absolutely steamroll Florida State, and then I think Florida State's got a lot of questions to answer. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. I feel like this is a game where we're going to come back next week and we're both going to be wrong. But I'm just—I I don't see a lot stopping that Miami team. Everything FSC has been very impressive. We've talked about the Heisman, so let's move on. Will you let me tee off on this one first, and then I'll, I'll let you take us? Quickly, home?
1: who do you—if th- you had to choose, gun to your head right now, who do you think wins the Heisman? Sure. Super week. Super a bunch of weeks out. It's not even close. But I—Lamar Jackson. Know. I'm still going JT Barrett.
0: Okay, I like it. I like it.
1: All right, tee off on Florida for me.
0: <sighs> Give me a second. I I just I need a second.
1: Eek, I'm excited.
0: You remember last year when I went off on Baylor?
1: Is this a new Baylor?
0: This is going to be like Baylor. Dear All Florida. Right. Dear Florida, comma. I am utterly disappointed. Uh, with the fact that you're using a storm and a hurricane as an excuse to not go play a football game because, in my opinion, you're worried you're going to knock yourself out of the SEC championship game. Let me digress. For those of you who may not know, Hurricane Matthew is a very real deal. There have been a lot of deaths that have already been suffered at the hands of this hurricane. It's nothing to mess around with. There are probably some situations and circumstances that I don't know about this Florida situation uh, that is, is sort of forcing my hand here. However, from what I've heard, LSU has offered to not only give Florida transportation, board, and equipment, anything they would need, for no cost at all, to come play the game in Baton Rouge. They've also agreed to play the next two years in the Swamp. And that's the big part of this story that people are missing. Let me reiterate that. An LSU team with a brand new coach, with a brand new offensive coordinator, with a brand new quarterback, and a brand new running back would have to go in to the Swamp and play you for the next two years on your own home turf and yet you're still too afraid to go play a night game in Baton Rouge to realize the opportunity you have before you. And you're so short-sighted that you don't realize what a great opportunity this is, and it's frustrating. And you're screwing over more teams than you realize in the SEC. You're horribly screwing over Tennessee. You're, You're even screwing over Alabama a little bit. And Ole Miss and Texas A and M,
1: and every college football fan in the world,
0: and every college football fan in the world that was really looking forward to watching that game.
1: I was going to watch it from start to finish.
0: I'm extremely disappointed in Florida. Extremely disappointed in Florida. Not as much as I was Baylor last year because Baylor just talked a bunch of wet, and that's (laughs) why I can't stand them. (laughs) However, for those of you who don't know, talking wet means talking smack, and it's one of my favorite phrases of all time. Uh i think i think I this was one of the worst decisions that florida's made in a long time other than keeping uh brandon spikes on the team after he poked a guy's eyes out after keeping aaron hernandez off of the team or on the team after aaron hernandez proved who he was uh i i just florida's just shocking to me in this um i i'm extremely disappointed in florida not going to baton rouge to play this game and like i said there could be situations and circumstances that I don't know, and if there are, I apologize. I greatly apologize. I know that storms are nothing to mess with. Patrick, you and I have been on both sides of that. I was in—I was a part of the Nashville flood. It didn't affect my family at all, but it affected the community that I lived in. I saw how bad that was. You were a part of the Tuscaloosa tornado. You saw how bad that was. Uh, so I don't—I don't, I don't want to mess with freak accidents and, uh, you know, forces of nature. However, I, I can't help but feel like Florida is using this as a little bit of an excuse to still try and make it into the SEC Championship game, and that's infuriating.
1: That's exactly what it is. You should never cancel an LSU Florida game. And they're still saying blah, 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 postpone. But like you said before the podcast, when? When do you postpone it? When do you play it now? Uh, because. And, and, and I. Florida's tried to save face by then going, okay, well, can we play the game on November 17th? And that makes LSU lose a ton of money, give up way too much when they shouldn't be giving up as much. And, of course, now you know Florida's trying to turn LSU into the bad guy by making them be the last team to say no. The point is, we've known about about Hurricane Matthew for, what, a week now? Yeah. Probably coming this way. And the fact that they all sat on their thumbs uh, that long, and just didn't do anything, and now we're sitting here Thursday going, "Uh uh-oh, there's a lot of egg on Florida's face in this. A lot of egg. There's a lot of – there are answers everywhere. Even if you don't want to go play at LSU, there are other neutral side fields you could have played. Hell, Bryant-Denny's open this weekend. Not that they would go play. That would be awesome. But, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. There are a lot of neutral sites you could have gone to. Mobile's open this weekend. That's a good stadium. I don't know.
0: I don't. I don't know of a weekend that mobile is not open.
1: Legion Field.
0: (laughs) Oh god. Okay. Stop. (laughs) Stop it. Stop. No,
1: but you know, I, I, you know, I I would play at Providence Christian School (laughs) High School Stadium if, if that means you know, if as long as this game gets played, you know what I mean.
0: I do know what you mean, and I think it's frustrating that it's not being played. The LSU. I can't. I cannot stand the fact that there's probably a lot of money involved in this as well.
1: That, well, that's what this is all about, is money. This it's is all about money. Not about the fans, not about the schools, not about any of that. Uh, yep. You got any other sound offs? You just did kind of a big one, but you can do I, another one.
0: I, I'm, a li- I'm a little exhausted. Hold on, let me, you go first. I'll, I'll think of one.
1: All right, well, I, yeah, I think that's pretty, I'll, I'll go right now. As I'm sitting here, I think it was two nights ago, I'm sitting at work and, uh, I got the Roku on, and I flip over to what's on ESPN. and um, Maybe it was Monday. And they had the uh, the Clippers-Warriors preseason game. I know, I know it's just preseason. But I'm sitting here watching it. When I turn it on, it's 22-5, to Warriors up. The game ends 120-75, Warriors win. I'm just sitting here watching it, and you can't cover anybody on that court. If you're guarding the Warriors, somebody's wide open and they have the best shooters. They have three of the best shooters in the world. And I've, I've already gone in and in and in on how much I hate that Kevin Durant's going there and how that league allows that. And don't, you know me. I love the NBA. I'm passionate about the NBA. My dream job is to work for an NBA franchise because I love shooting basketball that much. It is my favorite sport to shoot, my favorite sport to be involved in, um, it's exciting, it's fun, and I this is the least excited I have ever been for an NBA season. And I've been watching NBA pretty heavily since about 10 years old. And this is... And not because I don't, you know... Well, I don't think the Spurs... You know, I'm a Spurs fan. I don't think anybody can beat the Warriors. It's just... Uh, I don't... You, one, Tim Duncan's not going to be on the team, but that, that was bound to happen. But it's just... The league is catering toward... A Warriors Cavaliers finish. That's what they want again. It's it's like I imagine the NBA is a giant funnel, right? Sure. And sure you can throw in these storylines. Oh the Bucks have a thing and the and the and the Magic have a new coach and the so and so and then it all funnels down, you try to make the season exciting, but you know what you're gonna get at the bottom. You know, you know you're gonna get Warriors and uh and and the Cavaliers. And you've kind of known that the last couple of years you funnel it down you know the heat and LeBron and the big three are going to be in the finals I'm t- I, I'm ready for the the playoffs where yeah you have a one seed Mavs and a one seed um you know whoever would would have been from the east back then uh, but you don't know who's going to win four t- four seeds have a chance to win the title you know what I mean I yeah. miss that I miss that I miss knowing that, okay, there's probably an 80% chance that both of those teams are in the finals, unless something happens, unless somebody gets injured. That's basketball a good sound off. Basketball is too good of a sport to ruin on that kind of a finish.
0: So my sound off yeah, is, is kind of happy, but I'm going to keep it low-key happy because I don't want to overhype it. The Nashville Predators have played two preseason home games. They've sold out both of them.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: NH- EA NHL did a simulated season today and the Nashville Predators won Lord Stanley's Cup
1: well that's, it's confirmed
0: that's all I'm gonna say
1: <laughs> it's confirmed
0: that's all I'm gonna say and we're gonna leave it at that and that's gonna be the end of the episode because we're not gonna get too excited about that because <laughs> when it comes to be May and they tear my heart out and I call you after a few beers
1: as is tradition
0: I need you to talk me off the ledge and that's all I'm gonna say.
1: All right, but that sounds good.
0: If the Predators win the Stanley Cup, you may never hear from me again. Because I may die of happiness. This is you dinner, that. year two, episode thirteen. Of Pat's 13, interference. Lucky thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Hey, you know what? We need hey. to pat ourselves on the back because we've we've had a couple of great episodes right in a row, and uh, and our, our 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 numbers have really showed that. i Have really reflected that. I don't know if you've looked at them in a while.
1: We are now officially the most listened to podcast on iTunes, and we want to thank all the listeners for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we can say whatever we want. We have our own podcast. In fact, uh, Barack Obama called us the other. No, uh, you can. Are we gonna find get us- that
1: soundbite on? Nah, nah not <laughs> important enough. You
0: you can find you can find our uh, website at Pat'sInterference.com. We're on Facebook at P A T apostrophe S interference. Uh, we're on iTunes at the same thing, Pat's Interference. Uh, we are on what is it SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Patrick, if, if you go, um, if you go now back to uh, back to good old Windows 95, you can find one of those computers and start sending an AOL uh, email. Uh, I, I think you can still get the transcript from Pats interference if you, if you email Pats at gmail.com, I'm pretty sure we could get the transcript out. Just if you have the Windows 95 AOL version that you get on the little floppy disk. Uh, We're we're everywhere It's the point. And uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who listens. This has always been a dream of ours. Patrick and I have always really wanted to do this. We couldn't do it without you. And I know this is definitely one of the highlights of my week, getting to talk to my best friend in the whole world about sports. Whole world. And uh, we, we couldn't do it without you. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Pat's Interference. So long, everybody, and Roll Tide.